wait what's our topic well well we'll see <laughs> we'll go that. we could talk about oh i want to um welcome to the second episode of the uh i don't know why i didn't have a name i'm so bad at naming things the D- lewis and martin show uh, oh it's a completely new show no I it's not no no, no. but i just call everything like it's the tim and lewis show when i do something with tim and it's the you know it's the Lewis and Martin show when I do something with you, and it's Friday afternoons with Lewis and Silla Kadri when I have Silla there. So I just call each episode oh, okay. like that because I'm really bad at naming things. Like I feel like <laughs> I I, I don't, like I'm trying to make a new YouTube channel uh, right now to on some of the the retro gaming stuff that I do, and I've got a video filmed, I've got script ideas, cannot come up with a name. For the life of me, make a pun. <laughs> I have no idea what to do. Um, I feel like, like I feel like I peaked ten years ago when I came up with the name Comedy Estonia. <laughs> I was like, that was me. I fucking came up with that. But since then, I, I can't come up with anything as iconic as since. And it's the simplest thing. Yeah. I was simply like Comedy yeah. in Estonia. Yeah. Make uh, retro Estonia. <laughs> retro Estonia. I know. <laughs> And then the Comedy Estonia was the name. And then the name of our first theater show, like with paid seats and stuff like that, was Stand Up Comedy with Lewis and Eric. Like it was literally like, okay, we've got to put stand up <laughs> in the title because otherwise people won't know what yeah. the fuck this is. This is 10 years ago. Got to have stand up there. Okay, so stand up comedy. Okay. Oh, but we need to make it personal as well. Okay, yeah, let's put our names in it too. <laughs> so it literally just became Stand Up Comedy with Lewis and Eric. Yeah. That's uh, at least it got the job done. It did get the job. Done. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it got the job done. So uh, we're coming. We're continuing our series of episodes with Martin Yuna of Rutokoma, who also you do stand up as well. So I yeah. don't want to say we're completely in opposite. But things. I'm like I an amateur in stand up. I haven't done it. I don't feel comfortable yet. Uh, I want to reach that comfortable uh, level this summer. Hopefully, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the pandemic is gone somehow, and there are open mics. But yeah, I yeah, it's more like a hobby to hone my comedy skills. Cause like the interesting thing is like although like I have improv comedy and then there's stand up comedy. They're both comedies, mm-hmm. but they're different like the medium how you deliver the jokes it's it's a bit different and it has a different new new nuance nuance it i don't know different nuance you can definitely see it i don't know we we talked about this before but you know you uh, for for the number of times you've done stand-up you seem far more experienced than that and I, I think my simple take is because you are a student of comedy. We already went on in the first episode mm. 20 times that you you know the theory. Yeah. You you know what's going on behind the scenes. You you seem to be, at least from my observation, you're the one that, uh, I don't know. You, you, yeah, you know the theory very well. You know how to apply it. You're not just like, oh, I come up with funny shit. <laughs> you know, oh, where did it come from? Just off the top of my head. <laughs> Like you study and yeah. you know what's going on, you know the mechanics of it, and that's a great way to to be a comedian. Yeah, the people probably doesn't sound like it to sort of average people, but it's a great way to be a comedian. And I can see that in your act. I can see that you know comedy. You know you understand the rhythm and the flows and the beats. You understand what a setup is, what a punchline is, and that 
because you've got that okay yes that theoretical experience in comedy but also uh, a hell of a lot of practical experience performing as well mm-hmm. okay it's not stand-up but okay it's still performing comedy on a stage to an audience yeah combine those two together i found your your stand-up to be quite advanced and you know quite at a high level that you wouldn't think oh this guy's performed whatever so many times yeah you well, know. thank you so i'm keen for you to come and do some more shows yeah i'm very yeah because i've I think one of the reasons I started to do like push through the theory and get on stage because I made a method like to do to write jokes from all the books and theories and joke uh, analyzing jokes, and I got to the point where it was like overwhelming. I don't know what works anymore. Uh, I need to put it into practice and see what works. Uh, so yeah, that's that's something that pushed me in that direction. Right, because you were, you were asking me. I mean, what are the next steps? Yeah, in comedy. Yeah, I've done like five. Yeah, yeah, I've done five minutes. Every, I was like super nervous. Also, not because I'm afraid of performing, but I've written the joke down word by word. I want it to be delivered as I've written it down. Mm-hmm. See if it works. Mm-hmm. Like I want to. That's s- legit. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm like. My nerve, ner- uh, I'm feeling nervous because it's like first time I'm telling that joke to a larger audience. Well, I, well, first off, I test my jokes on my girlfriend. Uh, the golden sentence I'm looking for, well, I either she laughs or she says, I don't understand. And that's mean I have to tweak the punchline or the setup a bit so she will understand. But yeah, uh, when I go, I'm. Perf- Wait, what was I talking about? We're talking about you writing stand-up and performing. You've done it sort of a handful, yeah. less than 10 times, as I understand. Or something. Yeah, it might it? be. Yeah, I've done some in Rutu 10 also. Right, right. Okay, in sorry. some of our special events, not our so public improv shows, sure. but we had some, I don't know, for example, our uh, uh, birthday party or some inner, inner stuff. Mm. Uh, but yeah, to... But to read that joke, to memorize that word by word by syllable, and then like I'm always afraid that I, I am forgetting it or I'm not doing it as I meant to. But actually, that is okay. I think that's something I have to let go. It doesn't have to be word by word, because like the last stand up I did, well, it wasn't in Comedy Stone. It was one of our special events. (laughs) 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 Well, yeah, but I got. I let go a bit of that. It has to be mm. so exact, like syllable with syllable. Uh, more like more open talking, uh, but still the like structure and my important punchline words were still at the end. Like mm. well, th- th- those are things that you can't mess up. But there are some things that give like leeway. So yeah, I, yeah. But I think I need to get that. Uh, co- need to get that into my body more i think it's good that you have found that because now to to back up for a moment there are stand-up comedians who write it down word for word and then deliver it word for word as they have written and every time they do the act they deliver it word for word and if they change it because because they go home and change the script yeah and then change that that's legit Right. I wanted to put one out there. It's not like, oh, stand-ups, we just throw the fucking book out the window and 
say say what comes to our mind yeah. I or write, something. I write jokes on stage. Yeah, on stage, <laughs> I write on stage. I just go with the flow. Like, nah, you just you're lazy and unprepared. <laughs> you fucking are. Um, that's completely legit. That you could just you know stand. There are stand-ups who do that, and again, I guess I might come back. Well, I was gonna say Jimmy Carr, but he doesn't even have them. He probably has them line by line because I mean he's very well crafted joke teller. So there's not in the joke joke in the punchline. There's not a lot of room for uh, deviation. So it's certainly possible, right? Sorry, this mm. is my point. It's certainly possible to be a great comedian, to be respected, legit, hundred percent, and just be one who writes a script and does a script. Mm. I would say for the most part, though, comedians tend to go down this road that you started to just describe which is yeah you do and i think the important part because you were a bit like it sounded like you were afraid almost or worried about deviating from the script yeah i'm yeah afraid of like letting my script down <laughs> okay yeah, yeah absolutely i do understand as a writer i want to write that great script and then i want that to to, to be, be delivered there. yeah right um I think the important part here is that you wrote it in the first place. Like the fact that you wrote it down and you edited it mm. within an inch of its life, that's the actual important part. If you then go to the stage and do something slightly different, that's to me that's okay because that's there's a a life that the comedy has when it's performed and there is a slight mm. deviation you're changing words who knows maybe a bit more somehow it's coming out hopefully in a more natural manner as long as you're hitting yeah. the punchlines, as long as you're getting the points across as long as you're not going blah 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 too much here and there um but i don't think often you can do that until you've written that perfect script yeah, yeah. and then only once you've done that script then you can go off road then you can go down the weird path somewhere. And another example in stand-up would be uh, doing crowd work, talking to the audience. Um, that So first of all, you might have a written bit. We've got a bit. We're doing a bit. This is written. And then I decide to go to the audience um, with something. Now, the idea should be typically that, oh, yeah, I'm making this up. Who knows how this is going to go? Who knows how this talking with this audience member is going to go but then once that's done or if that goes nowhere i've got my next script i've got my next bit to go on with it's a very basic part of stand-up comedy but okay i can when this crowd work fails i'm going to go back to my written material i can go off road until i can go no longer mm -hmm. and then come back to the path and keep on going yeah so it's it's good that you've written all this stand-up and you can see it in your style. You can see that you're a writer. When I watch you, uh, I can see that you you write and I like that and I can identify that. And that's actually coming back to a topic we talked about in our last episode. We talked about um, how you grow in Comedy Estonia and how do you get noticed and that's what I want to talk more in this episode yeah. about how in each of our groups do you rise up through there. And one of the things that I think we're particularly good at as a group is working out whether you're serious about stand-up. So I was saying in the last episode, if you ask questions, you seem to be into it. And I understand at first it's pretty intimidating. 
I was saying that, well, it's an amazing thing to have the best stand-up comedians in the country hanging out in this backstage we're recording in the backstage of Gang Club, by the way. Mm. You know, this would have the best comedians right here, at least the best stand-ups right here in this room, and you have that direct access. That can also be intimidating. Yeah. As well. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're like, uh, I'm bothering him or wasting his time, or why should he give me his time and knowledge? Sure. So there's that. And then there's, I think, is a group we're really good at working out whether you're serious about stand-up, whether you just are doing it because you want to be popular or you think uh, it's going to get chicks or you think it's some cool thing to do. And and I think that comes through. There's like, you don't even have to be good. We just have to get the feeling that you really want to do stand-up. Um, and, that, and if you start to show little bits of structure or little bits we can see that even if you're not doing well like uh who's this young guy robin this young kid that's i don't know if you probably haven't seen him he's robin he's like from batman yes it's <laughs> batman's robert this he's like 14 or something oh. and he's doing shows like his mum or his dad comes to every show and okay he's 14 right he's joking he's not doing too bad because he's like worked out how to write a bit like it's not many of these new comedians that I've seen in the last six to 12 months that like actually write a bit like a proper yeah. bit with a punchline and setup and the whole thing. Yeah. Is it usually, I think I have a funny story that happened yeah. to me. Yeah. 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 I was talking to, what was I fucking talking to? I think I was talking to Mishka the other night, uh, Misha about this, that he's, he suffered, he's suffering from something that I suffer from. I used to suffer from a lot was that you just have a funny experience and you just say, the funny experience. I yeah. went to Christmas dinner, his bit, and then there's the very verse, and there's the thing, and something about Estonians not being talkative, and then it was done. And I was trying to get him to encourage him to think about his bit, that it's, what's the point? What's the meaning here? What's the big picture to take away from this? And that is kind of where your bit comes from. Yeah. Until then, you're just telling three things that were funny that happened at dinner. Yeah. Reminds me... Uh, of a book, <laughs> Comedy Bible by Judy Carter. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Good book. <laughs> but like she t talks about that don't tell stories. Uh, uh, find your premise and uh, tell that. And well, your, your, your goal isn't to tell stories. It's like to make people laugh. So uh, she, I think she's very strict in a way that if you're bit has the words and then <laughs> delete it <laughs> there's no and then it's your premise it's your setup it's your punchline and uh, I, actually if I for example who's the American stand-up uh, short uh, short dark very famous come on uh, uh, Kevin Hart yeah Kevin Hart so <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin Hart so at first it might seem like ah he's telling stories like uh how i don't know baby came over and shit on his carpet and so on but actually if i watch it through the eyes of like premise mm. he has a premise he does bunch of jokes well he's integrated them into kind of into a little narrative but i see that the narrative isn't important he does his jokes 
he moves on to a different premise. It it isn't like a big continuous story. Mm. It's like different premises connected. So yeah, I I think the approach he uses. I don't know. Of course, I've talked to him, but I think he isn't thinking about ah. Let I'll tell some stories, but rather than through premise and connecting them. Kevin Hart is an interesting one because actually Robin, the young guy, was asking me. One of the things that he did him to me um, was that, yeah, he was asking questions about comedy and he asked like, well, hey, I, I, I've been watching the, the greats. I've been watching Bill Burr or some Carlin or I watched it. He said, I watched an interview with Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart said, hey, he never likes to do the same material twice or never likes to work on it twice. And my advice to, to Robin was, You've got to take a, a very famous, very successful comedian's advice with a grain of salt. Can sometimes be very good, can sometimes they can lose yeah. sight of where they were coming from. Yeah. So while for some reason, I guess Kevin Hart must have had an interview where he said he doesn't like to do the same bit at an open mic twice or the same joke twice or something like that. I mean, I've got 20 other examples like Jerry Seinfeld for years when he was doing, when he was very active, he would basically have three old Jewish men who would tour with him and be in the backstage and he would get off and they would just hand him notes. No, move that. That word needs to be moved that way. Yeah. That sentence needs to be moved here. And there's as someone working at the highest level who was getting a lot of feedback, working on it over and over, wanted to do the same bit to, to get it perfect. So yes, there is a lot of experience to be had in uh, famous comedians. Absolutely. But yeah. sometimes you got to like go, uh, is it apply to them or their personality or have they just snorted so much coke they've forgotten <laughs> about what it's like? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are now at that high level that they don't really want to do more than twice. Yeah. But yeah, at beginner level, yeah, I need to get the skills. Mm. All right, so let's get into what I wanted to get into this episode. We're talking about developing yes. stand-ups. And so I wanted to compare like, so we talked in the last episode about Rutukuma that you've got the open stage, yes. which is typically done in what do you, you have the workshop in Thailand. Do you still have the one here in Tartu? The, yeah. The space? So you got two spaces of your own. That's yeah. great, man. No, no, no. In Tartu, we don't have our own space that okay. we have like 24 seven, but we used to have, but we closed it down. Uh, too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> like a business, business too expensive cut. Yeah. <laughs> can do it uh but yeah we just rent a uh, room right to, okay. to, to do the classes uh but wait what's the so question? okay so there's the open <laughs> right right there's the open <laughs> stage where people can come along and join in for the first time and do a performance probably short form and you're doing these performances in that workshop room like mm -hmm. that. Yes. And then there were two other... There's the main stage was the main stage shows with the one okay. at the top. And there was something else in the middle. All right. Uh, I see where the confusion is. So, uh, so we let's separate workshops and shows. So, the open stage is for shows. So, people come and do, like, perform to other people. But we also have, like, workshops. And we also have, like, uh, we call it Avatut Improdent or... Uh, open improv lesson, I guess. Mm -hmm. it's. So anyone can join and do the exercises we do to develop the improv skills. Mm -hmm. And there's also like, we're going to do a bit short form games and you can watch uh, as the rest of the uh, workshop participants watch you. Uh, so there's that also. Yeah. So 
so there are two, two things in but in the show we don't do like circle games or exercises you just go there and you do your five to 15 minutes what you wanted to do okay and so if i'm totally new person uh let's say my heart is in the right place let's say i've never done improv before but my heart is in the right place i'm not just here for you know because i think it's cool or something mm-hmm. like that i, I genuinely want to get into it what's my first step uh well, you have actually many first steps you can do, but I would recommend join our curriculum. Uh, if you know you want to do improv, or actually if you don't even know, just do the first level. Uh, these are the workshops. Yeah, these are the workshops. Okay. It's a, uh, we have a, they have a curriculum, like a yeah, whole program. Yeah, full. Jesus. You you get uh, the mm, tax. You get tax back from that. It's official. Really? Yeah. Who who accredits this? What organization says this is a real thing? Well, I did that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it's not. Well, it's there are some requirements you have to do. Uh, your, your well on your home page on your web page you have to have the curriculum down, how many hours and what you teach and all that stuff. But comes out there's no one who like checks it well i did well it, we have all done correctly but <laughs> there isn't like a government official who's like checking up oh, uh, granted like there's nothing like that you just go online you register you say we have uh, like uh, in estonian it's uh, uh let's in english it's my adult education something adult education yeah some yeah 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 Yeah. uh uh, you say you have that you make a tick on on the uh like government page or somewhere and then every year you have to you have to do two things you have to uh in one place you have to tell how many students you had and what programs they did or and the programs are just in hours like academic hours did how many with uh, one to three academic hour workshops you did or so on you just fill that out real quickly takes like two minutes if you have all the data Mm. and then the other thing you have to do is the tax uh well you go to the tax uh, Mm. uh, tax page and write every person's uh identification code into it so uh, they get their tax back so what tax what do you get back 20 percent really yeah so the government just flat out will give you a refund of 20 percent of the workshop's cost yes oh i I could totally scam that (laughs) (laughs) you can so much too much work than i want to (laughs) do But yeah, I would back to the question. I yes. would recommend do the first level, okay. uh, then do the second level, do the third level, do the fourth level. Uh, th- this is the curriculum uh, uh, where you get all the knowledge. Well, you might not get like super good at it because mm. we just introduce them to you and you can practice a little bit, uh, but you get all the important tools, knowledge you need to do uh, to get to do good improv. And then you join a student group and practice. Okay. And then you can yeah, come. Okay, so you're doing the workshops, right? And then, uh, so I'm trying to get an idea of the size of the greater group. Now, I understand some people come more regularly 
than others, but I don't know, like, how many people do you think do it, like, regularly? I don't really know how to put a better time definition on it. How many people are coming regularly or a part of a real regular group? It's hard to say. Right. What do you define uh, as the regular group? Yeah, I don't know what you mean, but I'll, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll answer different things. You see what will answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we have the curriculum who... Have, well, you will fail the curriculum if you miss two lessons, so okay. you got to be there, right? Uh, then we have the open workshops, like the you just come here, donate five euros, and jam with okay. in, the, in the workshop style. Yeah. So over there, we kind of have like, like in Tartu, we almost have 10 people who come there. We have some people who are new, one, mm-hmm. so two, some people who didn't come this time, but come next time. But overall, we have like 10 people. In Tallinn, we have like overall around 20 people uh, regularly doing uh, those open jams. Uh, then we have the uh the group training students uh there might be actually that's hard to say because one person can be in many Mm, in many many ones but i don't know let's uh if greta would be here she would know (laughs) (laughs) but let's say um uh, 20 30 people and we have our uh, main stage cast uh which is uh, also around 10, 15 people. Let's say 15. Okay, not bad. So, all right. Um, right, and so as we talked about, the main stage is when you're doing... It's a show that's probably got a ticket. Yes. Uh, for the general public. Yeah. In a public theatre. Yeah. Mostly, or so some room or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Where were you guys doing those shows? Before, let's, before the lockdown a year ago, when the times were good. Uh, we did... Um, well, one Graal was one place okay. and the other was I think last year we I think this season or it was last season I don't remember anymore <laughs> we moved all our shows to one Glen on the Numa oh yeah yeah we put all our shows there mm-hmm. like our students shows on the first floor our mainstays on the second floor so everything like there that like people know would know that I, I was always go there to get the show because we Previously, we had one shows at that bar, the others in that theater, and uh, other things over there. But now we moved them all into one place. So the Von Glen is that uh, I've not—I know the place, but I've not been inside. It's on the corner in, in Numa. When you drive, there's the Numa Torg there. Mm-hmm. There's the post office on that main corner, and it's on there. There's a Petri Pizza down yes. below. Well, yeah. um, okay, I—I I think we haven't done a show there. But my concern, and tell me about how it went for you, my concern was that it's not an easily accessible place for the audience. It's too yeah. far out of the center yeah. for a main place. How's yeah. that been for you? Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> 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 I think that's affected uh, in a way, for sure. It's not so in the center. Uh, yeah, it's harder to get to if you don't live in that neighborhood mm. or in Mustama. If you live in Mustama, then it's not so Sure, then it's kind of close. Yeah, yeah, but, but if you come from last, yeah. yeah, if you come from Lasnama or whatever other side of Tallinn, then it's uh, longer. Yeah, especially if you're caught, then you have to do some work on for that show. The the audience that's coming to the, are they driving? Are they taking a bus? How are they? Who is the demographic of person coming to that show, and how might they come 
there. Yeah. Well, one, one demographic is always our students. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I actually don't know exactly. We never asked the audience who comes, like, how did you come? Did you come by bus or train? We haven't done that. Well, just knowing the audience a little bit about who comes I would say public transport. Sure. I would oh, say, yeah. Not there. Looking by their faces, mm. you public transport guy. <laughs> so there's some... I mean, we, we think about that with Comedy Estonia, where the venues are. So for Von Glenn, I honestly thought that the... For what they wanted, like the amount they wanted to charge us versus what the venue was for considering its place in number, mm. I was like, nah, I'm not feeling this Yeah. Uh, as a thing. Now, not to say that venues that are in the suburbs can be bad um a more prominent example might be uh kaya kotorikeskus in mustamai mm -hmm. it's newly have you been is that's no. newly renovated no as i understood anyone who's like between the ages of 25 and 35 went there as a kid and danced in that <laughs> hall i don't know in some primary school thing before it was renovated but yeah. it's in the back of Mustamai and it's like a 300 seat newly renovated theater mm. it's very nice and at first you're like well it's Mustamai but then you're like well it's on a bus line and um yeah. we'll we'll tend to do it I'll tend to put that into that show in Mustamai Ekaya a show that I know is going to sell reasonably well so it would be a solo from Sandra or Ari Maybe the autumn tour. Uh, we had uh, well, we had Jim Gaffigan there, oh. only because I couldn't find any other venue in Tallinn. One of the one of the most highest earning comedians in the world wanted to come on his way through here, and the only venue we could find was Kutorikeskuskaya. Oh. And I kind of like that, like this multi-millionaire comedian performed next to the Maxima. <laughs> <laughs> Where's welcome, Vodman holding bottle of vodka to show. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so for me, while let's say Kaya out in Mustamai makes it a little bit more difficult for the audience, if the show is interesting enough, that will override that. Mm. So in my mind, at least in my promoter brain, that uh, if the show is more difficult sell, one that I'm trying to attract new people, either newer comedians that I don't know of or a concept that's a bit weird or whatever, I'll put that in a more mainstream easily accessible venue mm. or something like this but you also pick a day like uh possibly okay now we're getting into um day is less relevant for us than it used to be mm. uh if anything, we're still doing a lot of shows in Tallinn during the week, mm -hmm. actually. And then maybe Countryside tends to be more on the weekend. Oh. We'll do a pattern on the weekend or Kurasade mm. on the weekend or something like this. But Tallinn shows, we seem to do all right to put on a Wednesday or Thursday or even Tuesday if we have to. Mm -hmm. But I think that's also um, and why our discussions would be interesting because of the, like, Comedy Estonia is a more well-known group than Rutukuma. Yeah, not, I know, think you've not, done an amazing job. I'm not saying bad about it, I'm just trying to compare, right? Yeah. So in some ways, I can use a bit of brute force to put something into a place that might not particularly yeah, I, fit it like Kaya, yeah, right? I, I agree. I think like 
we haven't done that good of a job with our like public shows. I think we've done decent job with our workshops and with the community, but our public shows aren't at that level that management that you like you've accomplished in the comedy Estonia. So yeah, uh, that's also like envious or well, jealous. That's why we're here. We're gonna yeah. learn something. Yeah, Martin. I'm gonna learn something from you. You're gonna uh, learn something from us. Yeah. How did you do it? <laughs> so, okay, so you're doing the shows at Von Glenn and they were ticketed. Um, all right. And so you had, uh, you said, between 10 and 15 performers that were at the level that you would be comfortable to put them on at a main stage yeah. ticketed show. Yeah. Okay. Um, depending on the thing. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, in Comedy Estonia, we have uh, the core crew which is a dumb name, but that's just the name I put on it, which is the main guys, the main group mm-hmm. um, of comedians. So Sander, Ari, Mikhail, uh, Ardo. Ardo, Kalalari, Rauno, Roger, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> what's that? That's eight. Uh, is it just me makes the nine? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, and that's kind of what we've considered core. But then we've got our kind of our open micers, and then sort of just this large group of anyone else doing open mic. Mm-hmm. And, but we kind of understood for a while that um, those groups in our group, right? They're uh, the, how to say, the boundaries within inside of like, if you're one of the core experienced comedians, you're one of the open micers. We need to allow transition in and out of those groups. It can't just be cause over here, open micers over here, and that's it. And nobody kind of wants it that way. Um, so first of all, uh, so some of the open mic comedians can, uh, for lack of, I don't want to say graduate, but can move, you know, are, are getting regularly picked for our biggest shows our autumn tour, our main stage shows, as you might say, mm-hmm. and, you know, being regularly part of that. And we're actually sort of invited, when we have a core group meeting, we invite some of those more advanced open mic comedians, you know, Popov or Anvida or, uh, I don't know, off the top of my head, they, they might come along as well to get some insight into what the core group is doing so that, so we, so comedians can see there is a road upwards, mm-hmm. that there is a path upwards. Um, even inside of our core group, our main comedians, there's even another definition, which is a very strictly business definition. We've had to work out over 10 years. We've been a pretty solid group over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And we have to work out the friendship side and the business side. And our main group of comedians that I call core will probably still stay like that. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean they get all the shows anymore. That's still about like there's core as a friendship group and core because they've been through so much together, having done and built the comedy stone is not just me, not by a long shot. It's all of their work over the last 10 years to build that up. Even though it's still based off like even core guys don't get on every show they want to get on because they're still like, you got to be doing it this month. You got to be hitting it hard. Mm. But even then we've made a more business definition that, um, like to be straight up Sander, Ari and Mikhail are the names that sell tickets and everyone else's name does not solidly at this current time 
sell tickets. Mm-hmm. So there's even a distinction amongst the top comedians. And that's not to break them up, but that's like a business thing that we sometimes recognize that, yeah, you put Ari's name on a show, a whole bunch of people are going to come. Yeah. So does Ari deserve a greater share of the income or profits or whatever the outcome of that mm-hmm. show might be? So we've had to work very hard Thanks. to make sure that we respect the friendship, respect the experience that we've had, but then still reward those because it's a show business yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, that's interesting because you have like this individualism inside the show. Right, inside of that as yeah. well as being a group. Yeah, we don't have well. that. Yeah, because like there's a, I don't know, hip hop group. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, We are thinking that maybe we should go into more like individualism. Like Martin is in that hip hop group, come see him. We haven't done that. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, you have like Ari who people come to see yeah sure if you put his name on the show more people are going to turn up so right then he gets somehow a larger percentage of the money but that doesn't take away from the experience of the group or you know the so it's sort of balancing out all of those things we've worked on it but it's been a lot of hard work over the years right seems yeah it seems uh it's fishy (laughs) 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 or slippery or slippery it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of communication um Sand is very good at, at, at this communication as well, as much as he probably doesn't want to admit it. Like, he's very good at... Like, we have these long conversations about the structure of the group and where we're at as friends, where we're at as artists, mm-hmm. who's hitting it at, at that level and the way that we need to be able to maintain some ability to say to some artists, you're just not doing it right now. And, you know, probably it's because you're not putting in the work or there's some other reason, but you don't necessarily get to coast on your experiences forever, Mm. even though you've been with us for a long time and how to work that out. So it's told diplomatically, it's understood. um, It doesn't piss people off. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So. Hmm. And then at the other level, uh, with our open micers, um, so then the question which we previously talked about is if you're just doing open mics you're turning up to comedy estonia open mic you are uh you know doing your five minutes getting your set together the question is how do you progress past there mm-hmm. understand i'm not going to be a core comedian performing on the sugis tour on the <laughs> venekotorikesko stage just yet but what are my next steps yeah. and that's what i am going to be spending a lot of my time focusing on um once we exit the pandemic so i now am not uh, as many people would know i'm not the ceo anymore um it's still like i haven't gone anywhere but the idea is i'm not running the business day to day that there's when you run a business there's spreadsheets and finance and hr and renting office space and all sorts of shit to think about right yeah you don't think about it when you start to think yeah because we started root to give i think from ignorance (laughs) (laughs) but you shouldn't know that's right it should start it's best that it starts this way yeah we're gonna do some fun quality things and then you're like ah wait we yeah we need to uh to the company to send the invoices all right now we need to uh, okay somebody needs to watch out for you know what happened with our finance we did it like accounting we did it ourselves for the couple for a couple of first years uh-huh. then we hired an accountant and like 
he looked at <laughs> he looked at it and said, "All right, guys, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna tell the tax office, oops, we did it wrong, <laughs> but we're gonna do it correctly now." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's how it went. Uh, yeah, so yeah. There's so much things, and I think as an artist, it might feel, uh. Uh, might be unfair. It might feel unfair that I'm perf- I'm the performer. Why I only get like fifty percent or even less, mm. right? Well, that's because you don't know all the shit that has to be done to make it happen, right? Yeah, you might think, oh, what it is to get a place and uh, rent a place and uh, the lights and but there are like so many things that go into this that yeah you, you don't know yet. Mm. Um. Yeah, okay, that that idea of getting management and getting someone to help you. So I I've def- I'm definitely very intimately aware of the difference and the challenges of being in the business side and trying to be an artist mm-hmm. as well. And I rode that line for many years, performing myself, doing my own comedy, doing all of that. But the reason that I haven't performed much in the last couple of years is because me, the... I don't want to get dramatic. The pressure of running that business just or th- that became too much, or more. I don't want to just say like, oh, the pressure, but like the being in the mindset of running a business. I mean, you're you are essentially the CEO of a startup, right? That yeah. requires a certain mindset, business thinking, very logical. Do your tasks, think about growth, look at the bank balance, worry about all this stuff. Yeah, and I found that to be not very compatible with being an artist yeah i can relate because i haven't like run rutukuma i don't know i I can't speak with the other guys but i have i personally haven't run it with the mindset of a manager or a businessman i've always run it as a mindset as an artist and i think that's wrong because when something didn't work like i we didn't have enough audience or whatever my first thought was always gotta make a better show <laughs> gotta make a more funnier show like i always try to solve the problem in an artist way that i as a performer what can i do differently but that's not where the problem lies anymore you've done it like 10 years now you actually have a good show when people show up they laugh and they tell i had the best experience i've ever had in my life uh yeah the problem lies in somewhere else not in your artist work yeah so yeah there is a different mindset for sure i think as well that management mindset is not something that's super common in estonia so like you said i mean from the implication you sound like from your tone like that's something you guys need to improve or you want to work on or grow that yeah. part yeah I j- it just came to my awareness during the pandemic <laughs> oh really not before that no okay, yeah. no <laughs> for 10 years i did it just now like some things that i've worked i think it's good it has worked but now more into like business mindset <laughs> so okay yeah so I think from the beginning with Comedy Estonia, I I took on a business mindset. Um, Maybe that was because I had this IT background or something. Like when I started Comedy Estonia, that was, I was 30. 
Mm-hmm. But you said you had the story that you now like, now thirty right now you're thirty yeah you guys were straight out of school as yeah. you said you already you you previously told us right yeah. where I had like ten years of working in IT consultancy working in companies running things so I'm like all right and um uh yeah and as well that uh, improv group that I worked with in Australia. Uh, many of the ideas that founded Comedy Estonia were taken from the people that I worked with, like very, very smart, uh, very business, like very good entertainers and very mm-hmm. good business minds for entertainment industry that I learned from them before I even realized I was learning. Yeah. And Comedy Estonia is almost like the evolved version of what we were trying to do 15 years ago. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I guess I always had some business mindset to it. Um, but it's, well, I, I, the mindset was this needs to be a business to grow. Um, and I quickly understood that as I was trying to run this business and do performances, they were like incompatible things. Mm. I'm trying Mm. to organize international shows and do the marketing and, and then at the same time have enough time to write my jokes and then think about being a performer and, work on my act yeah and it so it even if at the start it was it wasn't too hard at the start it occurred to me really quickly i'm like this isn't gonna work mm-hmm. or this is gonna be hard so um yeah i did it on my own for a while and then i forget after how long it was then i employed the first person marian and i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know what i was getting myself in for um and em- employed the first person to to come and help us um yeah where to go with this like the it said there was always a strong focus there still on growing the business making it a profitable business or at least try not i mean you know, so making money but just being profitable as in being not not profitable like yeah, I think yeah, there is a, like a taboo thinking that oh, be a businessman trying to make money, but well, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> when you sell a ticket, you also have one audience member, so your uh, performer has a better experience, and the audience member has a good experience. So, yeah, yeah, right. But it's that um, yeah, need to make sales. You've got you've got to make a sale. You've got to do it professionally. Um, but then you, so it's one thing then to have professionals running things, which I think we do at Comedy Estonia now. Gahela and Henrik and Marily and Christina, they're straight up, you know, professionals. They're straight up serial killer professionals, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they do. But then there's the thing of like making sure that they still understand what the artists need mm. now Rutukuma had done well so far because you guys are artists yeah. you know you were the ones producing it you're the real deal you, um but then to develop the relationship between the business side and the artists that they both have to work together for each other's benefit yeah uh yes we yeah we have uh um how do you say we like the salaries like everything is yeah it used to be like more mm, how to say it uh 
under the table. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's normal. S- yeah. You start out like you get, I don't know, 150 bucks, uh, euros in cash. You're like, well, you take 75. I take 75. Nice. Yeah. But then we did that a couple, uh, I don't know how long we did that. Then, was, then we were like, wait, what about the guy who talked to the client? <laughs> mm. <laughs> it was me. Should I get more? What if I like pass it on to someone else? And what about like the business profit? Well, this should be some money that goes to the company. Well, you know that well, now, right now the pandemic is you need to have some kind of reserve or like to cover the expenses. So all of those things start to surface up and we're like, yeah, I need to do it more thought out way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's how it how it uh, all started to come so yeah when when you teach a workshop we have the instructor's fee when you're like a performer you do a private gig you always get the like the uh, the same salary Mm -hmm. you do so it's uh yeah i think we're like on the right path with this one with that sure I, i think um some yeah some level of formula and some level of expectation, even if that can change per individual gig. So some level of expectation, what a workshop instructor gets. You know, mm-hmm. some, who knows? For some reasons, it might change. We're not sure. But some expectation of what yeah. that is. Um, we have the same when we're doing a private show. We have our standard rates. So mm-hmm. you'll get... Um, you know, whatever it might be. I don't know, I want to throw out a figure. I don't want to get too much of the figures, but let's say it's 500 bucks for the performance. And then we've kind of got a standard rate. The performer would get this much and Comedy Estonia mm-hmm. as the company keeps this much. And the reason we get that money is because not only did we do the sale, um, did our sales manager, Christina, do the sale and and have to talk to the customer and work out what it is and work out all the details and... Mm-hmm. Um, she also needs to have a knowledge of all the performers so she can work out who's the best performer for that event. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people come and they go, we love Mikhail Mamer, bring Mikhail. And the answer will probably be no, because he doesn't want to do it. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it would be like, we really want Sander. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, mostly, you know, if you want that, then we'll put it to the, that performer and maybe they'll come. Because sometimes they're like, yeah, we just want Comedy Stone to come and, do some some stand up, yeah. and so then Christina has to ask the customer, find all about how they are, yeah. and then she's got a very good knowledge of all our different performers to know who would fit at that particular event. Do you, do you have uh, what do you call it? Uh, I uh, how your performers act act communicate with the client when they like arrive do you have any like guide for them for this uh yeah so we have a kind of standard template that they would get so if we really want to get into the technicals here wait, wait, t- wait, wait. Yeah, okay go, go on. the technicals of it are that we when christina gets a sales deal coming in that we use pipe drive we use a mm-hmm. crm to handle that mm-hmm. and so she's using that like a regular thing and we've got a whole bunch of custom fields for so she's got a huge long list of questions that she's asking the client mm-hmm. and then what we've done is uh i've written a special plugin that will take the deal info from pipe drive and pump it into a google calendar so the comedians just see a calendar 
uh-huh. and they see on that date Sanders got a private and here's all the information. So we're tracking so in pipe drive when Christina's doing a deal, we're tracking the cost of the deal, the performers, the venue, the performance date, the arrival time and the show time, the transport, the performance length, the contact person on the day. Uh, a summary of the event, what language is going to be spoken, is there censorship, is there a dress code, what's the tech like, sound, stage, is there any of this, what's the room set up, is there a backstage, if it's a greater event, is there a host for that mm-hmm. event, if it's like a dinner party or something, is there a host, uh, what's the approximate attendance, what's a few lines about the demographic of the people who are there, are there kids, can you tell us more information about the schedule of the evening so we understand it with the start of the evening, the end of the evening, and then deal value, transport cost, artist cut, how the payment will be made, and yeah. Yeah. Right. Some things are same. We have the same things. Right. So maybe, I, I guess maybe not as a surprise to you, but to people listening, that that's all of those things are what we need to know about yeah. your event. So we can come and do it correctly. Yeah, because yeah, we we wanna offer the best performance. I like the person who is ordering the comedy. Well, he wants like the best entertainment for his mm-hmm. audience. So, and you as a performer or as a company wanna uh, give the best performance, and you need to have this info to make that happen. And sometimes, sometimes like your thing your comedy might not work for this event so you (laughs) need to know that and to the best of the ability right so christina not she will know also like the the act that we do at a private show with a stand-up is pretty uh regulated like pretty it's not just like an open mic set yeah it's like you comedians typically have a set that they do at private shows that is the best that is the tightest and Christina typically knows that. Like mm-hmm. some of the comedians will she actually has, write that. She has seen it. Also. She go, either goes to see it or sometimes they will just write the script out for her. Like the basically is the more information, the more a comedian can tell Christina about their act, the better she can do at selling it. Mm-hmm. So it's in their best interest to get Christina to see the act or even, yeah, to fucking just literally write it out. Mm-hmm. And go like, this is it. Yeah, like so she can understand what she's selling yeah (laughs) i feel that we went to another topic rather than how we bring up a comedian we did we (laughs) privates which we both were saying this is going to be hours of talk okay i'm going to back it up then so developing um business structure okay so with rutukuma you've got like is it if i understand correctly like four of you are the main guys running it or how what's this structure what's the Three. Admin. Wait, wait, okay. well, wait. Yeah, four. Let's say four. But uh, well, there's me, Rona, and Toivo, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the founders, also performers. Uh, we are still like managing it, and we have hired uh, one employee, Greta, who organizes uh, things. Oh, so what's Greta's job position? What does she do? She main. Well, she does everything we don't want to do, <laughs> but mainly uh, she's organizing events. We also need, like, we kind of hand, hand her the marketing things, but, like, that's not what she's so fond of. You mainly, like, organize. And they're well-organized, like, 
Yeah. And is that because remember we were talking about the three kinds of events you have? So does that mean all of them? Yeah. She okay. it, workshops as well as open stage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All the shows, all the workshops. All right. Uh, and even if you were doing the Von Kral show, she's yeah. also going to be project managing yeah. that. We, as yeah. Well. We also okay. gave her the uh, private gig. Damn, that's a lot, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I would say. Uh, after having built Comedy Estonia and then I've got the same situation in Latvia right now that we've got one guy in Riga and he has to sell some, he has to organize a tour of, I don't know, six or seven nights around uh, Latvia, has to organize all of their open mics happening in Riga and was supposed to be doing some selling as well. Um, it's tough for them after a while to go across so many like it's quite a different mode and business mindset yeah. to doing the selling for the privates than it is to organizing the the tour. Mm -hmm. um, and if your employee doesn't like marketing very much, I can imagine it means they're not so good or have the aptitude for direct selling. Like yeah. it's because in selling, it's one thing to be like, they know who you are, so they call you up. Okay, I'm taking the order, and I've still got to deal with the customer and do that. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing to do active marketing, yeah, appealing to companies and doing that kind yeah, of sales. Which yeah, is we're missing. Yeah, we're missing that. I think. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really hard part. Um, because yeah, in Riga, we've understood that. Uh, our, uh, that, um, that we are we when the pandemic ends, we need a sales manager, there which means, again, okay, I'm going to have to front up money. It's a risk anytime mm -hmm. you take an extra employee. There's yeah. a whole new wage. There's like a thousand a month or whatever it might be, right? Yeah. That I've got up on the table. And the employee must bring more money back. Right. But that's a sales manager, so I'm hoping they could bring in that stuff. But I, I, I appreciate when you're at that starting level with like one or, or two yeah. employees. Like these are big decisions and yeah. it's hard to know how to break up those job roles yeah yeah we're we're trying to uh, cat categorize like we're also in a funny situation guys like in a in a way for let's say let's take me for example i'm like need a better uh, better facebook video to sell our things great to get on it but i'm also one of the guys who writes the copy and does the videos. Sure. <laughs> so I'm Martin to the video. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let me check. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's some weird sandwiches going on. Okay, I get that because yeah, you're the boss, but you're also the the act as well. Okay, for many years, uh, it was the um, money that I would bring in from pro like hosting. So kind of a niche that helped Comedy Estonia grow business-wise was my niche of hosting events in English, mm -hmm. parties or company events or conferences or stuff like this, right? And so I got a nice little niche, or at least I did before this, of being the host in English, right? Mm -hmm. And so that money for a long time supported Comedy Estonia. So I was both the boss, but also the main income. Yeah. In that way, you could consider me like a consultant who, okay, I was still the most highest income earning consultant or something going out doing gigs and, mm -hmm. and bringing that in. Thankfully we don't, I mean, that's, um, well, not thankfully we still work a lot off that money that I bring in from hosting, but it was more like, 
as a business manager, I wanted to make sure that our income wasn't all coming from one place, yeah. which was my hosting. So, okay, we've had to diversify and, and now we've done that reasonably okay. So, okay, so we've got Greta and, okay, so then there's the three of you and is there job roles between the three of you? Yeah, we, we do have that. Uh, and every year they get more precise and precise. <laughs> okay. So, so, uh, so I am in charge of the curriculum, the workshop things. Uh, and well, right now with the, also with the new uh, website. Uh, I'm I'm that's my in charge of. Oh, good. So. That's another episode yeah. of this podcast, the website, yes. yeah. web shop, oh, and good. selling tickets. And yes. yeah, uh, Davo is uh, like the CEO, like all the. Mm, he he also is responsible of the finance checking. He he communicates with the accountant and uh, uh, thinks thinks in that way. Now, what does Rauna do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Like, I mean, in a big place. But, well, we, we're also, I, I think me and Rauna, we're also doing all the uh, copywriting and all of those, uh, like, not the high management things, but the little worker piece also. Mm. Uh, yeah. And also doing performing and workshop instructing and all of those things. Yeah, sure. Right, because your um, your income, like a lot of the ways that, if I understand, you're doing the private oh, events. To get, yeah. I remember what Rana does. Oh, private gigs. Private gigs. <laughs> okay, so he's doing that. He's yeah. Doing the sales. So okay, you've got people there. It's just because you've got more founders that are still active yeah. that you've been able to spread that across you guys. Where it was sort of from the founders of Comedy Estonia being me, Stuart, Eric, and Andre, oh, yeah. I was the only one that wanted to carry on with it as a business mm. as such. Um, so then I was like, just me. So then I had to employ somebody else. Yeah, I think that kind of helps me segue back to our first topic, like bringing the comedians up. Because mm -hmm. like uh, you you wanted to do it as a business, but... We found that many people who like come to Rutukeman learn improv, they don't want to make it their job. Mm -hmm. Like they just wanna like be amateurs. Like you know, maybe amateur is a, the wrong word, but they wanna like uh, do it as a hobby. Like get together with my pals, mm. make some jokes, have some laughs, do a show. Like they wanna be in that level. So that's that's where our student student uh, groups are we have a main stage instructor improviser who's coaching them giving them feedback helping them develop and they can like they have the f well the the distinction is that for the main stage performer they get salary but if you on a student stage then you pay sure so as well you pay for your hobby that's mm -hmm. how it is you go to take dance lessons and dance mm -hmm. uh, or do my fitness you have a like monthly payment so it's kind of the same it's made for many people it's a, as a hobby okay i think it's not bad it's a different a little bit different to the way when we're doing the stand-up thing but another way you could consider i mean first of all it's good that you are getting them to pay for that hobby part because, yeah, if people are just, like, not in it for the, like, career stuff with Comedy Estonia, I'm like, I'm not wasting my time mm. on you. Now, if they're paying, you know, some workshop fee, maybe that's different. I'm not sure. But 
though, okay, when if someone's coming to you and they're just staying at workshop level, let's mm-hmm. say, like you were just saying, so they're paying, they're, you are not, okay, you are making money from them because they're paying that fee, but mm-hmm. they're not, like when you're on the main stage, you're making money mm-hmm. from them, right? That's different. Like if you've got your act and you've got a good show and you can go put that on in a whole bunch of venues and towns, that's making you money. Those performers have risen to such a high level, your your main stage crew, mm-hmm. that they can now generate money for the business. Mm-hmm. Where that's a little bit different to a workshop person paying their money every week. Well, here's the the we we still need to have instructor. Right. So that's the main stage performer. Like because of his workshop, we get the uh, money. Right. Get the workshop money. Right. Yeah. But oh, sorry. Yeah. My my greater point is not to say like oh you're taking workshop money from them or something. It's more like though that in a culture group or in a group like this, right? Yeah. There's some level of size of people that won't graduate upwards right Mm -hmm. and we're sort of saying well there's some people that just want to leave it as a hobby or some people want to leave it at that level but i would argue though that you need that pool for your higher level comedians to exist yeah otherwise where are those higher level comedians ever fucking coming from yeah in the first place and so you've got to to whatever level you feel comfortable with for lack of a better term tolerate that you know, if you're, I'm super motivated about yeah, standing up, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're fucking around, I got no time for you. But to a certain level, you've got to tolerate that to some degree. So that I have to tolerate that to some degree. So I have an open mic scene so I can develop the really good ones who will rise up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think some years I had the mentality like, oh, why do I get people who don't want to do it seriously? But now I, I've like, I've, I came to terms with it that some people wanted that hobby and that's good and we can still use them. They're part of our community. Community, mm. when we get a workshop, they can take part of the workshop. They can fill the audience seats. They might bring their friends. Mm. So it's like, I, like I don't want to give up uh, on them or like I don't want to get rid of them. For uh, I, I like them. That they're part of this fun thing. So yeah, but yeah, but there are some people in that stage who like really want to make it uh, and do extra hard and do mm. all the shows and uh, as much workshops as they can do and and go to the festivals and learn more. Yeah, it's it's nice that you've come to that realization that there's a longer goal in this as well. So I I think with stand up, I, I I wouldn't want just like how to say. If if someone's coming to stand up, trying to do open mics, if they're nice and they're not doing very good, then yeah, you can come back. It's okay. If you're nice, if you're trying. But as soon as you get... Like, if you're not doing very good and you're clearly not trying and you get a little difficult, we're like, no, we don't yeah. want you to hang around here. You're taking up stage time from someone else. Uh, I heard that was... Uh, I think it might be from another podcast that, there are like three qualities and you must have two to like keep your job or uh, oh. something so first off you're like very good at what you do mm-hmm. so the second one is you're like good to hang out or you're like 
good to communicate and the third one is like you're professional like you're on time everything is done on time so if you have two out of three you're good you can be super good and be friendly but not be on time like they're gonna keep you around or you can be not so good but you're super friendly and on time we're gonna keep you around but but if you like only have one and missing the other two like you can be super good Nobody gets along with you and you're not on time. Well, we're not going to keep you around. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, right. So there's that. Uh, there's still always a balance because then it's like how to identify those people that are not fitting into your group. Because it's not like instantly like one show, you, I don't know, whatever you do a bad show or one time you're in a bad mood or something and then mm-hmm. we're like, you're out. It's not <laughs> like, it's not like that. And I don't think we, because we haven't even in comedy Estonia, I don't think we've had to ask someone to leave for a very long time. I think, I don't think we've had, there, there certainly have been those instances over the years, oh. but uh, certainly not much within living memory of like where someone is like so bad or so much of a dick or something like that that we need to it tends to be i don't know somehow our group seems to have found a formula or just a way a culture that you'll fall away if you're not into it mm-hmm. maybe it's you'll if you can't keep up the pace and if you can't keep evolving um we think we like to think we have a very strong meritocracy in that if you do good you get an opportunity so maybe mm-hmm. you quickly notice that if you're not getting opportunities I don't know. I'm not quite sure what that might be, but that hasn't really been an issue for us to. I think there's like you need to have sort of. Um, looking for the English word in Estonia, it would be like "pelahakamina," but in English, it would be like uh, like "go getter." I guess maybe that okay. might be a phrase that, for example, like I I did the open mics. Now I. I could like there are for me to two options like I could probably do a couple of open mics more but I I don't feel the enthusiasm so I want to do like I want to push myself the bigger so I approached you I'm like I want to do that 15 minute thing seems like a new extra challenge but I must do so now I got my answers like do 30 stand ups <laughs> yeah do open mics <laughs> do, was the answer do, do 30 <laughs> open mics like uh, like every place to do the uh, thing uh, so like okay now I got my thing I know what I must do I'm going to go but I I I easily could have like not approach you and like well there's nothing I can do hmm. so it can be um okay that's interesting um so I, I briefly mentioned earlier on that, yeah, one of my new roles that I want is to spend more time developing y- the young comedians and more time on that. Yeah, what's When you're at that level, you've done some open mics, you're doing okay, what next? Mm-hmm. How do we get together? How do we get you into some show? What's the next level up? And I'm, uh, we can't really do something like that right now. Um, I mean, let's take the last, whatever it was, two months, right? Yes, there was shows, happening mm-hmm. but uh they were mainly like people not that many people wanted to come to a show okay yeah. it's a pandemic and yeah. it's more difficult times to sell so we could only really put on shows with more well-known performers mm-hmm. oh yeah there's open mics sure but they're free but for example uh we have a, a tour that we've done twice now called Vascovetti, 
which mm-hmm. is oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the comedians their first tour like they're we get a whole bunch of the they've kind of got their fives tens and fifteens together and then we just put them on the tour and the tour is marketed as the fresh blood as the newcomers mm-hmm. you know the best of the the newcomers now isn't a time to do that tour yeah it's a tough time if you are trying to push your way out of the shell of open mic right now yeah. just due to the nature of the shows and the industry right now yeah. but once this opens up i intend to putting a lot of my focus into more vascovetti type shows more hey it's just a night with four young comedians doing their you know sets come come along and see them for a couple of euros or something mm-hmm. adding in more of these steps so you feel like you're going somewhere with after open mic but also with comedy estonia um the in the advice i gave to you was that because we value turning up at mics like mm-hmm. we value the grind which i'm sure you do as well like with with rutakuma right yeah, you yeah. admire the grind you know that it's not just about turning up once a month yeah, necessarily yeah. like if you're really into it like if you're like i want to be into it well then you should be fucking yeah, really yeah. into it and it's not just about for us like are you funny that's very important are you famous could you sell some tickets okay but it's like do you show up mic after mic night after night and grind away with us mm-hmm. and if you grind away and you do well i'm you, like you'll get asked i mean i can't guarantee but you'll get asked to be someone's opener here do a spot on the Sigurds tour on the comedy night these spots quickly open up i've noticed mm-hmm. um tambat sild is doing very well steven tirik's getting these sort of spots as well so we have examples of young comedians who mm-hmm. have gotten spots on and we specifically do leave some spots open on even on the autumn tour on the what you know one of the biggest tours of the year we leave spots specifically for uh open mic comedians to make sure there's some level but i need to keep focusing on that mm-hmm mm-hmm that's another we're over an hour this All time right, yeah All i'm right. paying for my parking oh sh- <laughs> <laughs> and i don't need to pay anymore because it's over six <laughs> <laughs> so we can go forever but let's wrap up this episode martin yeah. so i enjoy this conversation yeah we're doing okay at staying on topic yeah uh, not too bad yeah for somehow yeah we managed to talk this was the second episode like yeah for two hours mm-hmm. and we still haven't touched some topics so so much <laughs> more to go yeah. so uh yeah let's do a few more next week if yeah. you come to Thailand, let's record or something let's jump yeah. in the studio do another one yeah i on monday nice yeah. very nice so thank you very much for uh listening to the second episode uh if people uh, I don't know. How do people connect with Rutukuma? Yeah, if you're interested in improv comedy or taking workshops, then yeah, uh, rutukuma.de or .ee. <laughs> have you got that newsletter going? Uh, no, no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah, we have, uh, we have not, well, we have a newsletter that once per month gives our events out, but uh, I have a new vision I want to accomplish. But okay, You uh, sent one out recently. I got one a couple of days ago. Yeah. I feel like I got something a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we've talked about yeah. Uh but yeah, Facebook homepage rutukimme.de. Yeah. Oh, we've got there's another hour of topics. Facebook homepage, <laughs> social media you should use. Oh my god, there's too many hours of <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.